for just the average person out there, the average listener that's, that's probably listening to this, that what's the likelihood that they've been breached? Uh, nearly 100%. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me today, I'm excited to have Tyler Olson. Tyler, how are you doing today? Awesome. Thanks for having me on today, Todd. Yeah, thanks for joining me. Tyler is the founder of Shield Cybersecurity Academy, which is an award-winning serial entrepreneur in several fields, technology fields. He not only brings well-rounded exposure from all sectors of technology, including cybersecurity, social media, and data analytics, but his deep passion for helping people learn and interactive speaking style ensure audiences of any level leave his presentations with new insights. He frequently speaks for organizations such as IBM, 3M, Target, and others. And Tyler also owns Away Agents, which is an Airbnb uh, host company. And we'll dive into both of these uh, during the show. So I'm excited to have you on. Tyler, why don't you give our listeners a little bit more about your background, kind of who you are, where you came from? Sure. I grew up in Minnesota and I was that kid at 12 years old, uh, starting his entrepreneur career. I was up at the cabin near Brainerd with my grandparents and the family next door said, we need a teenager to fix our computer. And I said, well, I'm not a teenager yet, but I'm sure I can fix your computer. And I went over and I fixed it up and they said, what do we owe you? Well, I've never been paid before. What do you want? I like brownies. So the first time I got paid as an entrepreneur is at 12 at the cabin and brownies through middle <laughs> school, high school, I had a digital photography business back when nobody had digital cameras. I would take pictures at proms, Valentine's dances, golf charity tournaments, and print them off for $5. Had a mailbox painting business, a dog walking business. In college, I started an IT support business. Uh, we won numerous awards, uh, the Minnesota Cup, the Global Student Entrepreneurship Award competition, uh, among many others. And uh, at our peak, we probably had about uh, 10 technicians Roaming the Twin Cities, fixing computers, similar in concept to a Geek Squad service. Uh, sold that when I was 23, started up a social media marketing company. Uh, I've been running that for about 10 years. I hired a CEO about a year ago to take over for me uh, to free myself up uh, to work on these new ventures. I started this Airbnb business about three years ago. I suppose it's four years ago now, and that's ramped up. Uh, and I've got a cybersecurity academy I launched this past year. Uh, which we're raising our first round of capital for. We just finished our product this week, and uh, it's an e-learning, online learning academy to learn the basics. So I've got experiences across a lot of different technology fields. I love starting business. I love talking entrepreneurship, and glad to be on the show today, Todd. Yeah, well, I appreciate you uh, sharing everything with us. And you are, you're young, and you've got a lot of experience already. Uh, share, with, share with our audience, how, how old are you right now? I'm 34. 34. And you've started and operated businesses basically since, well, prior to being in high school or prior. Yeah. If you want to call your brownie, uh, brownie business. Uh, <laughs> As we raise capital right now, it's kind of funny because uh, the guy who's helped me raise capital, he says, you know, Tyler is 34 years old, has 22 years of experience being a CEO. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yep. it, it, so that's awesome. So you've been an entrepreneur at heart 
since a very young age. Is there anything, like any reason why? Why did that click with you? Or was it just some of those experiences early on that made you go, wow, this is a path? I think there's both nature and nurture to entrepreneurship. Yeah. Uh, my, my dad's an entrepreneur, so there's definitely some of that DNA in, in my blood. And uh, he did a great job inspiring the entrepreneurial mindset in me um, when I was young. And I went to St. Thomas, which did a great job in their entrepreneurship program, which I graduated from, to inspire let's actually start businesses in school versus just talk about starting businesses. And I don't think I've been employed uh, since I think my freshman year of college by anybody else. And so it's, it's been a, you know, we've got the high highs and the low lows. Yeah. Uh, almost gone bankrupt a couple of times and uh, had some really good years in there and uh, the adventure continues. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the thing with being an entrepreneur. If you're not ready to get smacked around a little bit, <laughs> you better not do it. A job is going to keep you at uh, the slow and steady pace. And, you know, but an entrepreneur, as you said, I mean, there's been some years there. It's been bad. There's been some great years as well. So um, what did your dad do? Anything in particular like he did to uh, help harvest that entrepreneur spirit? Was it just like day-to-day -day conversations? Was it books that he, you know, kind of you know, made you read or asked you to read or like, was there anything in particular he did that other people that are listening that have kids could go, Oh, cool. I could do that. There were a lot of really wise things that he did. Uh, I think among all of those uh, from simply asking the questions of, you know, what, what challenges do you see around you, Tyler, that people have, uh, to um, when he would lead a conference with a thousand people, uh, he would have me do the tech work and have me come up on stage when I was in middle school, high school. Oh, cool. um, and, and, and that was inspiring. Uh, he had me read some books and uh, from rich kid, smart kid, rich dad, poor dad type books uh, in those years uh, to the E-Myth. I think I read when I was in high school as well. And uh, it was really funny when I had the digital camera business, uh, he created an agreement for me, uh, a rental agreement to rent the digital camera from him, rent the printer to buy my own ink. And, you know, he would help uh, essentially loan it to me and I'd pay him after the fact, but we created an agreement to, that I had to rent those things from him. He didn't just give them to me. Uh, all of those things, I helped him with his tax return. So we would do the taxes. I'd go through all of his receipts add them all up. Uh, uh, and, and we talked about money. We talked about numbers. All of those things helped me build confidence and comfortabil comfortability to be an entrepreneur. That's so cool. I mean, the, as I, I've got young kids, so I kind of asked that out of a selfish <laughs> reason, because I want to, I want to nurture that, you know, I want to, I want to help my kids get to that level. Uh, and so there's just a lot of things in there that you said that, wow, we could be, yeah, that's right. We could do that. You know, I've got a conference coming up and my kids are still young. They're not in, in middle school. Uh, they're, they're in elementary school, but there's certain things that they can do to help along the way and to be in that environment. And so get your kids involved uh, also. So that, that's really cool. Well, let's talk about you uh, and, and your progress 
um, or your companies right now. So, so the shield, uh, explain that company a little more in depth. What are you doing with that company? You said you're in starting a raise right now. Is that right? Yes. Okay, cool. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So I was lucky enough to be involved in one of America's largest data breaches about 12 years ago. Now, if you may recall the, yeah, right. Uh, the Norm Coleman versus Al Franken U.S. Senate campaign back mm-hmm. in the 2008 timeframe. If you may recall, there was a data breach that year, and I was on the team that discovered the data breach. And I called my attorney, and again, I'm about 22 years old at the time. My attorney says, you probably should call the police to report a data theft. And the police say, call the FBI. I call the FBI. FBI says the Secret Service will show up at your office soon. Again, I'm 22. High stress point in life. Learned a lot about cybersecurity in a very short period of time. And always wanted to start a business in cybersecurity. And today, you know, I see that hackers are one of our biggest threats as humans today. They're infiltrating our country, our companies, our homes, and they're taking money, data, all sorts of things from us. And what, what I find fascinating is that 95% of data breaches can be stopped by the average person, you and me, learning the basics and implementing the basics of cybersecurity. Concepts like having different passwords across all of your accounts, having multi-factor authentication, data encryption on your devices, some simple things that are actually within our skill sets to learn in a short period of time, that if we do those things, it's very hard for any hacker to get into our lives. And so we're building an online e-learning academy. I should say we've built it because we just got our beta product up this past week. And uh, we're raising about 300 grand to first run of capital to help us expand that sales and marketing energy to the next stage. And it's all self-financed so far, uh, but I'm excited to roll it out. We've got about a hundred beta testers in it so far. They're all paying customers and we're selling it to uh, many companies right now uh, to have them buy bulk licenses for their staff. You know, some people are buying it for their homes uh, and I, I see a huge need there. I think it's a meaningful business opportunity helps solve this enormous problem that we have and uh, looking towards scaling that up. So Tyler, is, are you selling a product or are you selling a service? It's a service for sure. Is there a product involved as well? There is. So it's an online e-learning product where people will take an assessment first uh, to help identify in 15 or 20 minutes. What do you know? What are you good at? What are you not good at? It'll basically give you a score in several different categories. And then the online e-learning modules are customized and personalized specifically to you. And so you don't waste time on the concepts that you already know. It's not going to be one of those, you know, terrible e-learning programs that we've all experienced at some point, but it's actually useful, actionable that applies to you uh, based on where you're at and what you need to know. And then you'll graduate, get a certificate. Uh, There really isn't any other certificates today for those that have learned the basics and implemented the basics in their lives. So I see a huge gap in the marketplace in this space, and uh, we're excited to solve it. Is this for, you mentioned companies, is it for individuals as well or small, you know, businesses that maybe have one, two employees? We're allowing uh, individuals and small businesses to sign up uh, because we see that many will. I've found that the, the demand, frankly, is much greater in the mid-sized business market. So companies... Uh, with with more than 50 employees, you know, 50 to 5,000, frankly, um, in that range, the companies have enough technical infrastructure to realize they're being breached all the time. 
companies smaller than that usually don't realize it, even though they are. The FBI director has a great quote. There are two kinds of companies in America, companies that have been breached and companies that don't realize they've been breached, but everybody's been breached. And so we need small businesses to sign up. We need individuals to sign up to take care of their homes. Uh, but the demand is definitely greatest in that mid-sized business market. So for, for just the average person out there, the average listener that's, that's probably listening to this, that, that again, probably has, maybe they're solo entrepreneur, maybe they have one to probably five employees. Uh, what's the likelihood that they've been breached? Uh, nearly 100%. Wow. Wow. And, and they just don't know it. And they just don't know it. And I think about people that are in the real estate space specifically, because I know a, a good percentage of your listeners are, are in that space. I have interacted with mortgage companies and title companies and real estate companies and real estate investors that have been breached. Mm-hmm. And you think about the access that those hackers then have. If you're on the title mortgage side, you're going to have social security numbers. You're going to have bank account numbers for clients. You're going to have, I had, a, I had a, a good friend of mine uh, just recently, she was going to go buy a condo. And the day of closing, she got an email from what she thought was her mortgage person. Yeah. Email address looked almost identical. And the mortgage person said, hey, just as a reminder, it's really helpful to wire the money before the closing meeting. And she goes, I don't remember that, but I'll get to the bank today and make that happen. She gets to the bank before closing. She called her mortgage person on the way there, left a voicemail. And while she's filling out the paperwork at the bank to do a wire to this hacker, the, the mortgage person called back and said, what are you talking about? No, we do the, everything at the closing meeting. She goes, well, you emailed me this morning. And uh, it turned out to be a fraudulent. Somebody had hacked the mortgage company, got the entire client list, and sent emails from an identical-looking domain name. Wow. Wow. That, uh, that happened to an investor friend of mine. They were doing a, a syndication for apartment building and a very similar, um, they got hacked and an email was sent out to their investors list to tell them to wire money to this account. And several investors actually did um, mm-hmm. make that wire. And luckily it wasn't everybody, but several investors made that uh, wire transfer and they lost a lot of money because of it mm-hmm. and had, had to, and try to recover it. So it seems like when I bring up this topic, everybody has a story. Yeah. Everyone at this point has a personal or close friend story that they can immediately recall. What I find fascinating is the number of people who then do anything about it still is still low and it's too low. And we all need to do, we have a responsibility, I think, today to protect ourselves, protect our small businesses, uh, and, and protect, frankly, our family as well. So, so if you, uh, if you sign up for, for a course like yours, most of the stuff that you're telling people to do is, do they have to spend a ton of money in, you know, software and all that kind of stuff after they go through the program or is most of it pretty, pretty simple? No. Yeah. Uh, so our program is, is $19 a month, uh, and brings you through that program. Um, the software, most people have most of the software they need. And they already have antivirus software. They already have Windows, more than likely, uh, or Mac OS. Uh, there might be a few pieces. Well, there are a few pieces, such as uh, uh, VPNs. A lot of people have heard of a VPN, may not know what it is, but it's incredibly important today to be secure. 
A lot of people don't have those camera sliders on their computers. I have one on my phone as well, where I suppose you can't uh, see it here, but um, uh, I've got camera sliders so that uh, even if somebody's able to breach my camera, they can't see what I'm typing or doing. Um, mm. All of those things are, are incredibly important. Uh, those those um, uh, authentication keys, you know, so there, there might be a few hundred dollars of products that we'll recommend over the course of the conversation. Uh, uh, and you, you go as deep as you want to go, but it's important to go at least to a certain level. Yeah. Super important topic to talk about. And I think, uh, something I have, you know, I've, I've got things in place, but I've probably ignored to an extent of what I should really be doing and putting in place. And I think a lot of us do, uh, because we don't want to think about getting breached. Like that's just, uh, something we don't, <laughs> don't want to happen. And, and plus it's an annoyance, right? It's not convenient for us to, a, for us to get breached, but for us to even think about it, you know, it's not, it's not pushing our business forward, but if we, if it happens, it's going to absolutely potentially crush our business. So definitely right. something to really think about. And the only thing I would say on top of that is it's not a matter of if when. it's a winner of when and how many times and how frequently, frankly, if you don't, if you use the same password on all your accounts, you're probably being breached on a daily basis right now. Wow. Wow. Oh, well, even if you have a you know, sophisticated password, if, if it's a similar password across many accounts, it doesn't matter. It, uh, if you, you can actually go to, uh, the domain name is, uh, I think it's have I been pwned.com and yep, it's have I been pwned.com. You can type in your email address and see how many times your email address's password has been breached. And it's very few people I find where it's less than three to five sites. Wow. For many people, it's 10, 20 or more. Different websites have had that password breached over the years. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. You're blowing my mind right now and, and, not, and kind of not in a good way, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely something that our audience needs to hear. Um, let's, let's shift. Um, actually, before we shift, is there anything more on the, the data breaching um, or the education that you want to you want to hit on? I think to reiterate the point that we all have to do this, and unfortunately, we can't delegate it to somebody else. As an entrepreneur, of course, I want to delegate it to somebody, and I want my IT person to fix this. The reality is the, the majority of cybersecurity best practices, cyber hygiene, if you will, only you can implement and you have to create new habits. And those habits are hard and challenging, which is why those habits haven't changed yet. Our program will not only help you learn which habits need to change, we will help you change them. And if you go to shield.academy, uh, uh, we're excited about helping eventually many thousands, if not millions of people implement the basics. And that's S H Y L D Academy. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good. Really good stuff. And we'll maybe hit on that business a little bit more and uh, you're growing, but I want to move over to the Airbnb business because mm -hmm. you um, are now, now have some focus on that. And so I want to talk about the Airbnb business. First of all, why, why Airbnb versus other traditional real estate? 
and uh, and then you know how have you grown it and what do you see in the future uh, of Airbnb? Great questions. You know, I started about four years ago now. Uh, let's see, Super Bowl's two years. I suppose it was three. Yeah, it was four years ago. <clears throat> I brought on an entrepreneurship intern to work for me for the summer with the goal of starting a new business. And I said, let's start a new business. My goal is to break even by the end of summer. What do you think we should do? We brainstormed a bunch of different businesses, realized that Airbnb was an easy way to make money. And so we started by renting an apartment downtown Minneapolis, re-renting it out with permission on Airbnb. And it's some of the easiest money I've ever made. We did about $5,000 in revenue that first month on a $1,500 month lease. And uh, you know we broke even after about 60 days mm. uh, in terms of cash. Uh, and then we went from one unit to four units by that following spring because that's just how I think. And then we went from four to eight that following summer. We went from eight to 12. So 12 apartments downtown Minneapolis that we rented and re-rented with permission on Airbnb. And uh, they all did very similar numbers. In general, they would all roughly 2x. And when I talk to entrepreneurs, I find that many entrepreneurs sure make a bunch of money in their businesses over the years, but they all say they built wealth over time in real estate. So I always wanted to get into real estate and I saw Airbnb as a good excuse, frankly, to get into real estate faster because you can afford the down payment on homes and properties faster. Uh, so I rented out my condo and uh, started looking at a fourplex in, in, the, in South Minneapolis and uh, you know, looking at buying properties specifically for uh, Airbnb. And I find what's fascinating is most real estate investors are looking at a property, they might think about you know, the long-term equity that they're going to build and maybe generate a few, maybe several hundred dollars a month in cash flow. Airbnb changes that ball game entirely. You still have the same equity play long-term, but the cash flow on many properties is 2x the mortgage, if not more. And we're talking about that large of a difference in terms of cash flow. It helps immensely towards being able to pay the next down payment on the next property to uh, accumulate properties faster. And uh, I think it's a, an, an amazing opportunity for people. Um, and so at, the, at about a year and a half ago, I decided to pivot to help other people earn the same level of income that I was earning and uh, pivoted to do more management for others versus it just do it for myself. And uh, so Away Agents is the name of that business. Um, and we've got a team of people now in Vail, Colorado, as well as here in the Twin Cities to help basically do everything around their short-term rental experience from helping you find properties that'll do well with short-term rentals to help you uh, get listed and optimized on the short-term rental sites, help sync your listings across multiple platforms such as HomeAway and Expedia and others, help do the cleans and in the management of that, the messaging. So we've got services now for each of those offerings. You know, as we continue to grow, grow the business, we're you know, trimming some of those services back and optimizing others to, again, maximize our opportunities to help people. Um, but yeah, it's been a it's been a fun business over the years. Um, you know, Airbnb has obviously been a been a big thing. Where's the most profitable locations that you're finding? Um, you've mentioned a few different areas that you have these Airbnbs. Are is there certain things you would be looking for um, as you're looking at you know purchasing an Airbnb? 
purchasing a property for Airbnb? The most important, one of, one of the more important data points is the, the difference between supply and demand of short-term rentals. Uh, so for example, in Colorado, in the mountains, the demand is very high and the supply is very low for short-term rentals. Uh, the, the amount of people who go visit Vail every year is just astounding. And when we entered that market, there were only 1,300 total Airbnbs in the entire Vail area. And there was demand for at least four or five times that many. And so um, in Vail, just to talk quickly about those numbers, um, there's not a single one bedroom going for less than 250 per night. Mm. Now, if you think about 30 nights in a month, there's about 7,500 a month in revenue. Uh, if I've got a four-bedroom house, that's about 30000 a month in revenue. And even though these are million-dollar properties, mortgages on a million dollars are nowhere near thirty grand a month. And so the math on it can work out very well yeah. uh, for those people who are choosing to do that. In Twin Cities market, the demand is not quite as high, especially in the winter. So you know, being an operator here in the Twin Cities, um, I've typically been about break-even or less than break-even for the November, December, January, February months, um, and then I'll typically 3 or 4x uh, my operational costs for the May, June, July, August timeframes. And so there's a fair amount of demand. People want to come in to the market. There's, there's businesses that have clients and vendors come in and employees come in. Uh, depending which part of the Twin Cities, there's bigger demand, downtown Minneapolis, uptown, uh, the airport, the stretch between the airport and downtown. Those are the highest demand areas. Uh, Lake Minnetonka, uh, depending which city you're in, there's different laws you have to follow. But um, yeah, it's, it's the, uh, supply demand is the number one thing we look for. Yeah, definitely. And how, how are you figuring that out? Or is, is that in, insider uh, secrets? There's software that you can license to either find that information. Um, Airbnb, uh, you can uh, play with Airbnb enough to look at how many units are in a certain area, see what their average price points are, study their calendars. You can get a general idea just from looking at Airbnb, uh, but there's licenses that you can pay for. Uh, companies like us, uh, we, we, we bring a lot of those tools together to then provide recommendations um, we've got somebody right now who's looking at buying a property in South Minneapolis. He's got his criteria of what he's looking for, for a property he wants to use himself, uh, when his family or clients come to town, but then also to rent out in the other uh, time periods. And so uh, we're helping identify what meets his criteria along with what would do well with short-term rentals. Sure, sure. Yeah, a lot of data to be looking at because obviously you buy in the wrong area and, uh, and and you might be stuck with a rental that sits vacant for too long and not really making enough money. Right. That's not fun. That's, that's, <laughs> fun. that's for sure. That's for sure. Awesome. Um, and, and so now you've got this management company and you're starting to manage for other people. Uh, and I'm assuming that's another side, another business as well that you're trying to continue to grow. Um, and expand, or is that just a business that really is serving your Airbnb ownership? It used to just serve my properties. Now we're doing uh, more management for others uh, than even my own properties now. Yeah, yeah. So continue to grow that. Awesome. So, what's some advice? Uh, and you've given us a lot already, but what's uh, maybe one or two things that you can give our audience uh, that you really 
find uh, to help with your success as an entrepreneur, something that you can pass on to our listeners? What's some advice? Uh, I suppose there's an unlimited amount of good and bad advice I could give. Let's <laughs> try to just good advice. If, <laughs> if you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, I think uh, doing some self-examination around is it right for you is important because there are different types of risks and there are uh, different levels of stress that you have to learn how to personally handle. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, I think it's a lot easier for most people than they realize there are opportunities and ideas everywhere. If the struggle is, you don't know what the idea would be, look around and see what problems are out there. And there are problems everywhere. I think about with, um, the coronavirus spreading right now, there's a lot of bad things going on in the world, but there's plenty of opportunity right now for entrepreneurship. I'm thinking about starting a business. Like I had this idea on Friday of helping all these conferences that are thinking about canceling, helping them go virtual faster so they can keep that conference on and maximize that impact. Um, I've got an idea of how that can happen. I, I do a lot of speaking engagements around the world, and uh, I, I think there's a solution for them that I'm planning to reach out to them just to see if there's some interest there. Um, so it, 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 there's problems that need to be solved everywhere. If you don't have the money, lots of businesses don't need money to start. That idea right there doesn't need any money to start. I mean, maybe a couple hundred bucks might help, but not many people don't have a couple hundred dollars they can find somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, let me, you got to work hard. I choose the 80-hour work week, and uh, I work when I travel, but I love it. Well, even the Airbnb thing that you mentioned, I mean, that didn't require a ton of money to get started. It did require some money, but it was probably less than $5,000 to get that business at least started. I think it was maybe just over five grand. The first time I chose to purchase all my furniture and I sure, probably bought yeah. too much, uh, too high quality in hindsight, I definitely could have started it for less than five grand, but I didn't know that at the time. I think I, I think I started at 8,000 with my first unit, but I still cash flow positive by six days. Yeah. even on eight grand. And so if you can float eight grand, but even if it's five, you can rent furniture, which I didn't know at the time. Yeah. If you rent furniture, rent an apartment for less than five grand up front, uh, <clears throat> you can start making money. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Um, what's a, what's a kind of a favorite book that you can recommend to our listeners? If you've got a business or if you're in any sort of leadership capacity, uh, the most valuable, one of the most valuable books I've ever read is a book called Traction. In the book Traction, it talks about essentially an operating system for how to build a business or lead teams, how to run effective meetings. You know, everybody's been in a meeting that they hate and they've been in meetings just to have other meetings. This has an agenda that when I use, people are just floored at how effective these meetings are. Um, how to build a one-page business plan for your business so anybody can get a good grasp of who you are, what you stand for, what you're doing, what your plans are uh, to go forward. Uh, that book has changed my life more than probably uh, any other book almost, and uh, I use it in all of my companies. It makes it far easier to run multiple companies simultaneously. Yep. 
less words of their business plan, the one page of business plan. I mean, less words oftentimes is going to create better results, not only for your business, because it's easy to understand, but for investors too. If you're trying to get investors and you're trying to bombard them with words, they, most people tune out. Most people tune out after a very short period of time. Right. Yes, it's very true. Um, what's a, what's a daily habit that you, uh, you know, that leads to your success? I have a, a morning routine as I'm sure many people do. There's a lot of, it's kind of a trend of what's yeah. your morning routine going on right now. Um, I try to work out every day. I find that my energy levels are always higher when I work out. Um, I have a treadmill desk. I'm actually standing at it right now. So um, when I'm in meetings, sometimes I'll have the treadmill going at two miles an hour. I can do emails at two miles an hour. Uh, and that's frequently how I'll do that. Uh, it keeps my energy levels high because we have so much we have to do as entrepreneurs. Um, I eat healthy. Uh, I only buy foods that are healthy. Um, basically, basic human habits, I yeah. think, are the ones that help the most for, for entrepreneurship, frankly. Yeah. Um, you know, running effective meetings. Yep. Cool. Cool. Um, what's a way you like to give back? I um, volunteer lots of time, actually, with the, uh, the Entrepreneurs Organization. Uh, EO is one of the world's largest associations of entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. uh, to be a member, you have to be a founder, majority owner of a company doing more than a million in revenue. Uh, specifically within that, I volunteer time with the Global Student Entrepreneurship Competition. So every year, um, entrepreneurs, student entrepreneurs from around the world compete at their schools for who's, uh, for, from a business plan perspective or from an entrepreneur competition perspective they'll compete at their countries and then this is the the largest most influential global competition so i sit on the global board um, i've run the minnesota competition i've run the u.s competition and i run the global competition so i'll be actually emceeing the global conference this next month it's supposed to be in south africa but right now we're converting to a virtual conference and so i'll emcee a virtual conference for the first time and uh, so we're pulling all those details right now it's probably uh, it's probably three or four hours a week. That might be an exaggeration, maybe two or three hours a week that I volunteer for that organization to help young people become entrepreneurs and help remove roadblocks so that we can, I, I see entrepreneurs as, is one of the best ways to, to solve many global problems. And the more we can support entrepreneurs, the faster a lot of problems will be solved. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, nurturing that, and, and, you know, and, and like you said, supporting them is, I mean, you look at the problems that have been solved and the things that have been created through entrepreneurs and it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, I wonder like this coronavirus that's going around and people going to virtual conferences, if that's going to be like, if this will actually change the trajectory of conferences, you know, it'll create more virtual conferences, just even when this coronavirus is all, you know, gone and done, will now virtual conferences be almost as popular or more popular than live conferences. It'll be interesting to see if, if it has a lasting effect. It will be interesting. I, I would bet that there'll be a far higher percentage of virtual conferences that people will learn how to run effective virtual conferences, uh, which there aren't many people that know how to run an, an effective one today. Yeah. 
how do you do networking virtually? Yeah. Uh, how do you hang out with people virtually? We're going to learn that in a very short period of time. There's still obviously an enormous need for in-person conferences and events. Right. Right. Uh, so they'll always go on, but I think the percentage is going to greatly swing in the virtual direction. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I got one last question for you before we wrap up. What, what's your three pillars of wealth creation? Great question. What are my three pillars of wealth creation? <clears throat> when uh, the first one would be, I only spend invest my time into companies that have long-term valuation potential, mm. large long-term valuation potential. So with Shield. It has the capacity to sell for nine figures. And I know what it takes to get the business to the point where it would be valued at nine figures. That, that's exciting. And I want to push for that. Away agents, same concept. There are many companies that are valued in the billions of dollars that are managing short-term rentals. I think there's a huge opportunity there. I think maybe the second pillar would be to always invest more time in myself. The more that I can learn about my strengths and my weaknesses, and I have lots of weaknesses, and learn how to, uh, I, the, as, as my uncle likes to say, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. Hmm. And I, I think investing time in myself is a pillar of wealth creation long-term. 100%. And the third, I might have to think more about that. I think two, those two come to mind as the most important two. Always think about the long-term value, the um, uh, investing in myself. Maybe a third would be around cash generation. Uh, Shield is a business that won't necessarily generate cash quickly, but uh, my marketing company generated cash into my life which allowed me to fuel my life and fuel shield away agents, the Airbnb business. Frankly, the way I've been doing it, renting apartments, re-renting out is, has been entirely a cash generation machine uh, with, with the value being the entity itself long-term as well as the properties that I've then bought since that point. Um, so finding a system to generate cash, which was really the original purpose of the Airbnb business to allow me to uh, replace my salary, essentially make six figures uh, without spending much time on it, which it did. You know, I, I did about four hours a week doing about six figures, low six figures in cash into my life, which then allowed me to start Shield, which has taken well into the six figures to get to the point of its first dollar in revenue. Um, but, but it could sell for nine figures someday. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Great, great pillars. Um, you know, in, invest in these companies that have long-term potential, invest in yourself for sure. And then, in, and then invest in cash flow, cash flowing businesses. Um, Cause you do definitely need that cash flow 
to survive. And like you said, I mean, without the cash flow, Shield probably wouldn't be able to happen. For sure. Uh, absolutely. I'm well into the six figures personally investing to Shield to get to the first dollars in revenue. And if I didn't have away agents and the marketing company to, to generate, put, put cash into my life, uh, there's no chance Shield could have happened because nobody would invest in a company that doesn't have any sort of product yet. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, Tyler, I, I really appreciate it. Tons of value. And, uh, you know, I, I commend you for what you've been able to do. Uh, pretty exciting to, to talk. I love talking to young entrepreneurs who are, um, you know, just, just you know, go-getters like you are. I mean, just absolutely doing awesome stuff out there and, you know, really serving a purpose too. I mean, not only are you building businesses that are, are creating, you know, money and creating a legacy for you and, and, you know, family, but you're creating businesses that are really serving a good purpose, serving people in a valuable way. So that's really cool as well. So definitely appreciate, appreciate you joining us on the show. Uh, how can our listeners get in touch with you? You can uh, look me up on my LinkedIn, message me there. If you do a search for Tyler Olson, I'll likely come up number one. Uh, if if uh, you want to go to tylerolson.net, I talk about all my companies and my speaking opportunities, uh, shield.academy for the cybersecurity business, awayagents.com for the Airbnb business. Um, and my email address for most of those is tolson with an O, O-L-S-O-N, tolson at any one of those entities. Cool. And uh, you'll be able to reach me. Great. Great. Definitely appreciate it. You have a fantastic rest of the day. Thank you, Todd. A special thanks to Tyler Olson for joining us on the show. Appreciate uh, his insight and uh, very impressive uh, what he's been able to do uh, so quickly. And a couple of things I took from this episode. First of all, he talks about investing time in companies that have long-term potential. So companies that are going to see through some of the trends, some of the paradigm shifts. I mean, we're seeing it right now. So investing in the time in those companies, uh, investing more in yourself, right? Uh, we always talk about investing in education, obviously listening to this podcast. Um, and so being a student, um, you know, investing time in yourself. And then the last thing he talks about is just generating cash, you know, building systems, building businesses that can generate that cash, that capital for you uh, to be able to you know, reinvest, to be able to continue to build your business. Uh, and to be able to create financial freedom. Uh, again, thanks for Tyler for joining us on the show. Appreciate uh, the insight that he was able to give us. And uh, for you as a listener, look, take one thing out of this episode and apply it to your business, apply it to your daily life, and see the difference that it makes. I'm Todd Dexheimer. I'm signing out. Make every day a Saturday. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to venturedproperties.com, venturedproperties.com, 
and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out, and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.